Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What is going on, everybody? This episode ninety nine of Pop Culture Crisis. Happy Easter! This will be coming out the day after, but if you uh, if you celebrate, I hope you had a good one. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. It's me, Mary, and there are new guests in the background. I brought some bunnies. Where did you get the bunnies? Um, my bedroom at home. Right. <laughs> I got them mailed to me. I, I I literally thought it was going to be something like I went to church on Sunday. <laughs> And the bunnies were just, and they were giving out bunnies because it's Easter Sunday. But I was just at church, so I'm bringing extra wholesome vibes yes. to this podcast. Uh, spe- speaking of extra, like, hopeful and very good vibes, we have a co-host <laughs> today. Introduce yourself, sir. Hello. I am Dane. <clears throat> How are you doing? Happy Easter, everyone. Dane How? is just bringing chaotic vibes. No, I, I try to be wholesome. <laughs> wholesome. Wholesome vibes from Dane. I love, I love that neither of you could, like... Like even like manifest the word wholesome in description of me. We're like, he's wholesome. Something like that. I am wholesome. You're you're pretty wholesome. Uh, I mean, if can you be both wholesome and um and chungus and chungus? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. can. Can you be? That's a throwback. Don't. I don't know for all that, you, all you memesters out there. Big energy. Uh, I, I don't know if you can be wholesome and um, and um, chungus, chungus at the same time. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> it just sounds funny. It's uh, chungus. So Dane is, uh, but it's like uh, I'm chaotic <laughs> neutral or chaotic good. Uh, Dane is chaotic chungus. Mm. I'm lawful. Wholesome. Ca- you're wholesome. Chungus. Wholesome chungus. Wholesome chungus. Well, there we go. Yes, that's who that's you are, an intro, guys. <laughs> anyway, we have we now that we've now that we've established Dane's character, uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Last of Us, uh, tell the the limited series that's being produced, um, in an article that uh, kind of talks about what Pedro Pascal is doing in regards to it. In which I had um, it, it, there was alarm bells that went off initially, but the more I read, the less it bothered me. Uh, we're going to talk about the DC overhaul and the absolute disaster zone that is um, they're, you know, they're trying to clear out management and figure out what the hell they're going to do <laughs> and why the hell Superman is not being used. And that's what I have a problem with. Uh, we've got uh, the, the final news regarding Bam Margera and a lawsuit that, you know, uh, part of that is... Uh, Hits close home to me because of the substance abuse issues, but we've got stuff to talk about there. We've got Podluck, which has a bunch of really funny stuff that we're going to discuss today. So if you guys are ready, I'm ready. Are we ready to go? We're ready. Let's go. Dane, are you ready? 
So ready. Okay. All right. So the Last of Us star Pedro Pascal says he's keeping a healthy distance from the game. From the game Joel. I'm assuming they mean from the games Joel, right? Uh, from the character of Joel. Yeah. Yes. From the Last of Us. But uh, so who else? <laughs> but I'm saying, but the way they phrased it was weird in in the in his the cousin Joel. Yeah, his cousin Joel. <laughs> um, two L's and an E at the end there. If you're going to spell Joel. Um, okay. So. Uh, Alarm bells went off to me initially because one of the things we covered uh, very recently is, of course, the absolute disaster that has been the Halo TV series. Oh my and, God. and that is like, I was like, I was like, I wonder how that's going right now. Because I watched episode one. I'm like, I hate that lady character that plays the, like the, she, she's supposed to be like girl boss, but she's like a wine mom and I, I can't stand her. Uh, <laughs> she's like a wine grandma or aunt. Uh, it just doesn't work. And it just ca- it captured none of my imagination. It was very derivative of, uh, I think the, what did it say on, um, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, like derivative of like far better sci-fi without anything to really keep you attached. Like you can do derivative sci-fi if the characters are enjoyable and likable. Even if you're telling the same plots, you need strong characters that really, really work to be able to allow the the more derivative material to slide through because you're invested in the characters. This show does not have this. So that was my initial thought. And, and we all know that how those producers that made uh halo spoke about the series uh, about the games meaning that wanted nothing to do with the games uh so that was my initial reaction when i saw this article lest we forget they were talking about how they've written like 200 screenplays 295 yeah yeah about something they have never experienced they had no knowledge that's you know what uh I, i gave that as like one of those things where it's like that's fine but maybe don't talk about it like no, the the, the funny it's horrible thing is, PR. They were saying that like in order to brag, they were like, "Buddy, we wrote like 295 <laughs> episodes, and of which we chose the best ten. Yes, of which none had did anything to do with the source material. Imagine the other like 280 <laughs> episodes. Just even worse. It's like the old yeah. women on the ship playing canasta. <laughs> so so but uh, this that was the initial vibe that i got for this article and there's a lot to be invested for for fans of the game that this show comes out well because this is a more narratively driven series and joel was absolutely probably the most loved character in the first one and he would have been in the second one if you know uh that hadn't happened so it says pedro pascal is currently basking in the overwhelming acclaim for his new comedy action film the unbearable weight of massive talent which me and mary plan to see this week um i'm excited i want the most nicholas cage movie i could possibly get uh but don't let the light-hearted cinematic fun trick you into thinking that the mandalorian star can't brood as somberly as joel miller from the upcoming live action adaptation of the last of us by hbo uh, well, no one would question Pascal's ask uh, Pascal's at Pascal's acting, acting chops. chops. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. It's a it's a Monday episode. It's fine. Uh, he, yeah. he might he might be at a disadvantage for his post post apocalyptic role. This is going to be bad. I can already tell uh, because he is. <laughs> Because he never got to experience the game properly. When The Last of Us came up in a recent GQ interview, Pascal said, Did you play the game? It's so sad, I haven't any skill. I tried. Uh, You know, and there was only a a matter of a minute before I had to hand it over to my nephew. It really takes a specific kind of skill, and I don't have it. He's not wrong about that. The Last of Us doesn't seem like the type of game that you need skill for, right? Um, It's mostly just decisions some people really like narrative can't. driven decisions and conversations and stuff like that. I think it's more that like the, like if he doesn't play games at all, yeah. it would just baffle him. You have to aim and shoot. Tr- at least try. Do you have to aim and shoot in that game? I don't. You yep. physically yeah. fight. Yeah. 
the i guess they're not so, zombies but, the, but yeah some people can't handle it you know i, I don't know like for the, the control aiming what, on a controller is like warping for people yeah so yeah. so what i find funny about this is like he, he's like showing his age but the character is that age so it it makes perfect sense yeah it's kind uh, of and, and let's face it people that busy probably doesn't game that much like you said, he should watch someone play it that was so he said he watched his nephew the he, whole thing i don't know if you watch if he if he i don't know if somebody of his caliber of an actor has the time to watch somebody beat an entire video game i'm that's what i'm saying i'll give him some like, leeway he, he probably has well, whatever time he wants he describes next he says i watched for as long as i was able to that day and then i had to leave uh, for florida i found joel so impressive Okay, it says, I found the whole of the of, of it such a visually impressive experience, and then I got worried that I wouldn't want to imitate too much. And this is where I took some issue with that, because he would have to give me a better description of what that means, like not imitate too much, which I think could be right in some circumstances and a mistake in others. So I just wanted to create a healthy distance, and for that to be more in the hands of the show uh, the, the show co-writer Craig Mazin uh, and game writer-director, uh, that's Neil Druckmann, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's like, he's not wrong, because as an actor, uh, he can't imitate the character entirely, because there's no way he's going to be able to recapture all of, what's the guy's name, Dro uh, Troy Baker? The guy who plays Joel in the game and there's going to be elements that can't be re uh, completely reconstituted word for word scene for scene he has to find a way to make it his own but I feel like he paid enough respect saying that he doesn't want to necessarily throw out the source material but the writers have to be very careful from here on out that they don't phrase anything like that or show any disdain for the actual source material which is where gamers are going to have a real problem so my initial impression of this article was like, this is a Brett's trying to piss Dane off article. Well, but then but I read it. But, it's, but there's more to it than that. That's right. Oh, definitely. Like, yes. well, so like, that's my intro. I was like, oh, he's going for another one. Yes. And then I, I read it and I found this uh, particular paragraph very charming because mm -hmm. like what I got from it was like, um, like the voice actor did a great job. Yep. And he did such a good job that I, I kind of want to imitate him, but I also want to offer leeway for to for me to do my own thing and as and also take direction from the director yep. and from the like the gaming director that's in there. So I mean and this What is else can you ask for? Like like I don't think any other actor would have sat down. Yeah. I mean there may there may be some like Henry Cavill that that like gaming, but like how kind of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would say this is where the articles end up getting the actors in more trouble than they actually deserve to be in from time to time, meaning that they're going to... Headlines will read something sensational, like, he didn't play the game. Uh, uh, there was a good one from that, that makes the whole article about um, how he had his nephew play The Last of Us. Um, but just, like, I, you know that there's going to be gamers, hardcore gamers, that are going to take issue with that, uh, and they kind of play on that for clicks, which is does him no does him no justice well honestly they should because like l l listen to how respectful he's being mm -hmm. he's saying like it takes a special kind of skill to operate this yep thus i like i conceded the he he like he's like this is my boomer cred like he, he was fine with it and that's and that's okay so, but it's like he's the same age roughly as the character that means that they have to get a dude of his experience uh and you're not going to find a million actors who are like henry cavill who uh you know are really into gaming and really love to to immerse himself you know just because he loved the witcher doesn't mean that every video game ad 
adaptation from now on will have somebody who loves that source material. So the best you can hope for is that they're respectful of it uh, and they want to treat it with a certain amount of, of reverence. And so it says there's no denying that Troy Baker, uh, that Troy Baker, the voice actor for Joel in the game, is an exceptionally tough act to follow, but there's always going to be a degree of discrepancy between the source material and the live, adap uh, the live action adaptation. The key would be to find a way to be as faithful to the source material while developing your own style as possible. And this is why I always say, why do they even bother doing this stuff? Because that's a very difficult thing to ask a direct uh, a showrunner to do. Very, very, very difficult. I think after Heath Ledger like completely redefined the Joker, mm -hmm. everyone else has been trying to like redefine a character. But it's he redefined it from within that world, which made sense within the, right. the constructed universe that Christopher Nolan developed. This is like they just want to do it as like their own as an ode to their own ego. Right. Exactly. Because like. And his performance was a faithful rendition of the world. Yes. It, it fit within the context of that realm. Right. And the psychosis of the character within that story yep. that was all about, like, proving that people were, like, evil. Yeah. So he, it fit perfectly. But now, like, I, I just feel that everyone is like, and this is Hamlet by me. Yes. You know? They, they want to put their spin on it. Uh, but So, so I, I do think that they have a, a lot. And it's harder, for, like harder for something like this because it is so like cut scenes are so beautifully done nowadays that you can lift you could lift whole scenes from cut scenes and make them uh and make a live action version of it but even then it's like you're not experiencing it the same way you experience it within the gameplay so i do not like there's a reason why i think that sonic worked as a movie why i think detective pikachu worked as a movie because they're farther removed from the real world uh, so people disconnect more easily with that. Like there's references to the source material, but it's still its own narratively driven story. Whereas these games so closely resemble in story structure, uh, real life. I mean, obviously it's not real life events. It's uh, not what's happening in that world, but it, you know, the human characters are so, uh, important to what's being told that, uh, a game where it's like fanciful characters makes more sense to adapt to a video game because they they limit the use of the human characters uh, and where it is faithful to the games is more in the in the realm of Easter eggs. Whereas this has to be faithful in story structure, faithful in character driven elements way more than something like a Sonic does, which yeah. I, I loved. The Last of Us was really good at capturing emotion. And um, I actually, after I watched the, I watched the PewDiePie playthrough of it instead oh, really? of playing it myself. But um, after I watched that, I looked into how they made it, and um, they they like attached these sensors to the actors' faces yep. so that they could like properly render that into the CGI characters. And I think maybe a happy medium between Pedro Pascal just playing the game and then imitating Joel way too much would be watching Troy Baker acting in, yeah. in like live action scenes. I know they recorded that. Yeah, they always record for um, posterity or like they record uh to have it on record of like the actual process of them doing the yeah, the that, image cap uh the the game capture. That might wonder, be way better source material for yep. him. Uh, you mean the recordings like when they put the sensors on and they're yeah. he's like dramatizing yeah. for the game that would be awesome yeah. right? plus, plus he would have access to uh the written scripts mm -hmm. and everything from those cutscenes and everything like, he could very easily get you know and who knows he might be actually doing that but it, he's also going to worry about you know uh, am I accessing the emotions that are supposed to be conveyed by the character in the game right now? Because the uh, the scene that he's going to be shooting is being written differently, so then he'll have to access something completely different. So he's got to find like this middle ground, which is why I'm always saying like it is not a 
a, a positive to have these uh, have all this source material a lot of times a lot of the times you, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure because the gaming uh, community is more likely than most to not accept it as when they deviate from the source material but the director knows that you can't do a shot for shot recreation because that doesn't work either so it's like you're just you, all you do is have uh, built-in obstacles for the director and built-in obstacles for the fans of stuff they have to overcome just to like this adaptation and that makes it very difficult for all parties involved actors just gotta start taking these movies seriously man because like they after you know i bet it was kind of weird to have all these like A-listers do Marvel movies, but this is the next natural progression. Yes, it is. This is the biggest, like most monetizable entertainment Absolutely. faction. Like, but the way I see it, they already ruined The Last of Us with the second game. Like <laughs> everyone hated it. Yes, uh, everyone. So why are you trying to make even more out of a franchise that people are dissatisfied with? Uh, the, because they're not going to be at adapting the season two, the the second game storyline yet. And, How do you know? And well, and and theor oh, I would hope. Okay, let me rephrase that. I would hope that they're uh. not doing that. But my but the other <laughs> thing is like maybe the maybe the games like maybe they take this as their ability to like go against that and like they keep him alive in the in the second season of the show and break from the continuity of the games, which is one that for once they would actually like the 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 veer off uh you know veer away from canon would be if they actually fix something that the that the There's fans no felt way. like is a mistake yeah, in the games not, especially not when they're going to want to make yeah uh, i know uh, <laughs> they battled against it so hard i'm i'm like i'm literally pie in the sky right now like, they were like, like maybe yeah. they will like they went like full and if it doesn't work, we get we have the results of Halo, which has a sixty nine. I'm just giving you an example of what happens nice. when you when you try to please uh, when you try to please the audience that is not your target audience, uh, and you try to branch out when you already have an uh, a video game audience that's diehard and could make you all the money you need. Um, and it says uh, average tomato meter from critics sixty nine, audience score fifty five percent. And if they go along the same lines as Halo, that's what they're that's what they're. Uh, they can look forward to you did it line. guys you did it you you took one of the most uh profitable and beloved franchises in history and made it Ooh, good for you another <laughs> hunk of shit huh congrats you look very happy yeah no i'm like congratulating them they didn't they didn't play the game they didn't need to they wrote uh nearly 300 scripts they were all terrible and everyone hates it <laughs> Congratulations, you did it. So what Dane, exactly what you wanted. What Dane is telling you, Neil Druckmann and the studio, I don't know. I don't know what studio is it's HBO and H, uh, Neil Druckmann on uh, HBO. And HBO, please do not uh follow the example of Halo at Paramount Plus and make uh and, and just do better, as they say. <laughs> All right. Did you uh so one of the topics that I have the hardest time covering is all of the stuff involving DC. DC is just one of those franchises that um, it's been such a mess for so long uh, as far as their film division. I mean, their comics are even worse now, but uh, their film division uh, is a disaster zone as far as organization and structure. Uh, they do not have what they need to be producing uh, good, continuous projects, you know, Every time something comes out, you have no idea what the general uh, tone of it or uh, quality of it will be. Say what you want about the monotone and often kind of opaque nature of Marvel films. You're going to get a Marvel film each and every time. Uh, it's, uh, is it good? Maybe. Is it bad? Eh. But you're, you're more likely to be like, 
eh, it wasn't a waste of money than you would be if you went into a, a DC movie where there's all the likelihood that you could end up walking out absolutely hating it. For the record, I'm not one of those people. I do tend to enjoy most of them more than the average Marvel film, but that's just me, and I understand that I am, for the most part, in the minority as far as box office tells me in that respect because the numbers have gone consistently down um, over time. Uh, Justice League did absolutely horrible, uh, Zack Snyder's version of Batman vs Superman, or the the director's cut, was uh, s- supremely better than the theatrical cut. Um, but it doesn't matter. By that time, the damage is done. And Dane mm-hmm. has his own thoughts. Dane is not happy with hated Ben Affleck as uh, as Batman, whereas I was Terrible. okay with it. Uh, but uh, but what the the thing that struck me the most is like it's been five years since we've had new Superman, arguably the most bankable character in the world. No way, Daddy. You know it's uh, Batman. Um, the, you could say that, but I, I, I give, maybe that's true. But the the Batman, which got rave critical praise, didn't couldn't make a billion. Uh, so if, if Batman can't, am I supposed to accept that Marvel, who makes can uh, makes a billion far more frequently, right? Has the Avengers, which ten years ago nobody that well twenty uh, fifteen years ago nobody had ever heard of, uh, outspe- outdoes the Justice League, which everyone has heard of, even if they ne- didn't grow up reading comics. Their casting is phenomenal. The, uh, Their casting is phenomenal. Like you can't compare Robert Downey Jr. G- wow, that was the most Hispanic thing ever. You, <laughs> you can't compare Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Iron his Iron Man to like. Ben Affleck, Batman, bro, and you know So the the point is is that the merger at Warner Brothers has gone through. They are now owned by Discovery Plus, making it Warner Discovery. Uh, And David Zaslav, who is now in charge of DC, is very much, from what I understand, uh, he's not... All the fat is being trimmed and cut, and this dude wants to make money. That's... That's what he should be doing. He should not be focused on passion projects. He should not be focused uh, on on check boxes he should be trying to make money with these franchises oh i so see a businessman looks at a character like superman and says why the hell are we not monetizing superman i mean uh i this is going to seem like a weird example but i think that there's a market right now for everyone says that you can't make superman movies because he's a boy scout right i reject that notion boy okay? scouts are cool right now uh like, what, you get lost in the woods this <laughs> You exactly. want a boy scout. Exactly. Well, you want Superman to come find you. But, Especially him. Um, but the point is, like, I've been watching, we watched, um, we reviewed uh, The Adam Project, which is a C-minus movie at best in a, good, in a good decade of movies. But because it's just a wholesome, generally family-oriented movie, I gave it like an A-minus. Because there's such a lack of that right now. Mm-hmm. So there is a market for not everything uh, needs to be dark. Uh, not everything needs no, to be... You don't understand. Like, Batman is emo. I am Batman. Edgy e-boy. I'm fine. <laughs> I, well, obviously Batman should Superman be... is boring because he's not emo. The point is that you can do <laughs> no. both. The point is that you can do both. <laughs> Batman's a couple, I mean, everything he touches dies, and yet he persists. Like that's the cool thing about him. But I'm saying that they need what they need is uh, so. So it says David Zaslav wants to bring in somebody, of course, like a Kevin Feige, which uh, he's the he runs Marvel's uh, Marvel Studios, right? And so they talk about they want to basically shoot, do their own offshoot, make DC its own thing, like. 
War- it doesn't need to, they shouldn't be coming out as Warner Brothers movies. They should be coming out as DC movies, like as in their own studio, yeah, uh, their own offshoot. So it says Variety offers insiders. Uh, uh, Variety offers insiders have filled them in that David Zaslav, the CEO of Warner Discovery, wants to create something similar to what Kevin Feige has done at Marvel uh, with uh, something like DC Studios, where all of DC would fall under the leadership of one exec, where one would uh, where the movies and the TV and assuming games and comics would all fall under that and he mentions that in here he goes what the hell is going on with video games you got all this ip and the last great video game you guys released was like what arkham was like an arkham game like years ago it's not even i mean it's it's decent like i don't i I think it's like the controls were really clunky so it says, it says Zaslav has, uh, has already interviewed candidates for the job, uh, including 20th Century Studios and Paramount executive uh, Emma Watts, but it doesn't appear that Watts will take the job. And it also said that Zaslav is not looking for a creative like a Kevin Feige to take over, but someone with more business like uh, someone more business like to lead yet leave the creative direction open. See, Kevin Feige, it's very hard. to. They tried to do this with Walter Hamada here and they tried to do it with. Um, Jeff Johns, who are both, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Johns came from the world of comics to the studio level, and it didn't really work out the way that they wanted it to. Um, and Hamada has, I, I have another article uh, pulled up here uh, from Geekosity that says that they do not believe that uh, Warner uh, will, uh, that Warner Discovery plans to replace uh, the film president, Walter Hamada, who had been, uh, he, uh, d- I'm not sure if you were on any of the, the episodes where we covered about Ray Fisher. Uh, he was pulled into that whole suit about um, uh, poor working conditions and that they were mean to Ray Fisher. And he, he accused Walter Hamada of racism and all this stuff. I, and it just, maybe the, an early episode. Yeah. So it's a, but it says uh, CEO David Zaslav is looking to replace DC films. President Walter Hamada. This is part of Zaslav's plan to restructure DC entertainment. It sounds familiar. Uh, so he's just talks about how they want to get rid of this guy. And I think that they, do lack uh, i used to be of the opinion they they, they didn't need a kevin feige because they didn't need to do a cons- uh like a um connected universe because that's what everybody wants to do we're going to talk about a ridiculous one that somebody pitched later in in here uh for another uh, another connected universe but even if you don't do that even if all you do is standalone films you still need somebody to be creatively overseeing all of these projects to make sure that you're not stepping on anyone's toes uh, and that your movies are reaching all of the demographics you want to reach, meaning that you can't make one type of movie all, you know, Marvel makes a very similar type of movie film to film. If DC wants to really branch out, they could still use a creative director to help streamline the process between directors uh, when movies come out. So if you have a darker Batman movie coming out in the fall, you have a lighter toned Superman movie coming out in the spring, uh, and then you have a family oriented uh, animated movie coming out in the, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you want somebody who's got, who you can trust to be overseeing all of that with the three, you know, the 30,000 foot view. What I uh, what I think DC needs the most, and please correct me like mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, I think they need someone to realize that their brand is so good and act with the confidence of that. You not know, not want to be not want to be Marvel, right? Because like, I think they tried that just without confidence, right? But like, and they failed. But you need that confidence. Yeah. You need that. You need that brand ambassador. I mean, in my mind, always the solutions are within the marketing because, like, within the marketing, you realize what you got. Yeah. Because there's only three optimal ways to market something. Number one is to be the first out. Number two is to have the best product. Number three is to have the best uh, 
user experience and like okay. customer service, right? And I'm trying to see like how how you could engage that within film. Well, like customer service in film could be like multiple downloads, you know, like first in product. They kind of tried to do that when they did their day and date release, to like where they released movies in the theater and on HBO Max at the same time. That was a big, a humongous failure um, for them. It spread them too thin uh, and and discouraged people from going to the theaters where they wanted to see the return. So they though, tried that route. Though actually, uh, actually, I can correct myself. I I tossed an article that we were going to cover last week it was it just didn't feel like there was enough there but basically um hbo max is come is now is jumped ahead of disney plus and hulu as the third largest streaming service next to netflix and amazon prime so in a way i guess you could say it hurt their film division in the in the box office but it benefited them when it came to hbo max as i'd say that's a huge reason to to have that app and i pay uh, it's my second favorite next to to Amazon Prime, but it tends to just go in waves. Whereas, like, I'm watching a lot of like one uh, network at a time or, or one set of shows at a time, so it kind of uh, goes between them. But I am a huge fan of HBO Max, so maybe that's like you said, they they marketed it as uh, that type of method before, and that helped them. But they want, and ultimately, they want the 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 box office to be bigger. Here's how I do it: I'd I'd be I'd rehaul the marketing to be. Guys, we're going to a completely different direction for the DC movies. You know, we're gonna get, we're gonna give justice to characters like Superman and Batman, mm-hmm. and then have like an extended period of marketing where you're like letting know the, to people like what actors you're getting and, and why. You know, like really build it up and like a slow trickle of information that shows you like the actors are in the scripts good, yep, and the best possible teaser you can get a short minute and give them nothing more but conjecture until the movie. Yeah. Too many trailers is absolutely too many. A, a huge it kills them. Uh, I, I will want the day before. Uh, I, I will say that there is a, they have always had, the, you mentioned confidence and that's a huge problem after Batman, super Batman versus Superman faltered. They retooled everything. They didn't just let it, ride and give him a chance to first of all if they had just let it ride and let the direct the the ultimate edition come out maybe he doesn't win everyone back but there's a, something to be said about consistency right so uh did they lose it because people hated that movie or did they lose it because then all of a sudden the next movie which has the same characters feels like a completely different film i would argue that that's just as detrimental to the to the process of ga- of gaining um viewers and, and ticket sales as uh, a movie before it not doing well what they have to do similar to marvel is to build the relationships with these like a-list actors it's like hey man do you want to be batman for real for real like you know like you like take on this character through a couple of stories through a couple of wor- uh, worlds you know like b- grow with them like mm-hmm. you're going to be the guy it's hard girl, to, it's whatever, hard like... it is very hard to get a list actors to commit to contracts like that it is it, that is a lot of years a lot of time and a lot of uh giving them first dibs at your at your schedule to get somebody who's in demand who can bargain who who can use that uh, use their name to negotiate for higher you know higher prices and contract extensions with other studios for other projects so robert downey jr for as successful as he is in that franchise none of his other stuff other than sherlock holmes recently did anybody go see doolittle no i don't know anyone that went no. and saw doolittle 
nobody really like i'm excited for him to do because he's going to be co-producing the shirt like more sherlock holmes stuff but his other stuff doesn't really do that is a once in a lifetime find to get somebody who absolutely works there but isn't really working outside here's what i'm saying they tried the customer service route mm -hmm. they tried the being the first in market route well, fail fail they tried they didn't try for being first they tried copying which is even worse no but like releasing the movie before oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah yep like first in first out fail fail so their only option according to those to those principles is like okay now you really got to put your efforts in having the most high quality product yep uh and it, it shouldn't be that hard because <laughs> marvel's whole selling point slash their greatest weakness is their predictability yep you know uh, what you're getting. It's like fast yeah. food. You know what you're getting every time you get it. And I don't get the appeal, but a lot of people are going just because it's you don't predictable. Like them? No. Uh, no, I think it's just it's the cinematic equivalent of like popcorn. Like you eat it and, and it's gone. Do you like like and, any superhero movies? Um, Only like ancillary ones. Like I loved Walking Phoenix. And that's not that's not a superhero. That's movie. not an ordinary. Which one? She's talking about Joker. That's DC, but like ah. that's not an ordinary right, right, right. superhero. Movie. In a world, it's, just, uh -huh. it's yeah, it's just in a world. Like I think there should be more focus on these ancillary characters. In in 2016, I said what they need to do is stop focusing on blockbusters, start making smaller budget movies that are more story and focused, uh, more story focused, uh, and stop that way. The the if it fails, it's a far less of an investment. Uh, and if it does well, your potential for profit is huge. Being uh, the exact answer you gave is Joker was made on a $55 million budget and made a billion dollars at the box office without a China release. The amount, <laughs> that's insane. And they could be doing that on a more regular basis. They did, uh, not everyone works. They, I think they made uh, Birds of Prey for about the same amount of money. And that movie was extremely awful. But the joke. But they tried to do it on a, on a smaller budget, but you have Margot Robbie in it. I'm sure she cost a pretty penny to, mm -hmm. you know, to hire. But the Joker had an energy about it, and it came at a time, right, where it was And the like, media helped. Correct. Uh, so it had, yeah. had a framing, it had energy, it had kind of this, like... Yeah, like, like the, I have and to the watch. framing, that was subversive, and then the framing for Birds of Prey was, like... Girl women boss girl yeah, yeah. boss bad girl oh it also, I, I can blow it up it also had yeah, the worst. You know? it is maybe <laughs> arguably the worst name ever given to a movie in the history of the world birds of prey it, that's not the name of the movie the, the name of the movie was what? technically the birds uh the birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn which is what? the worst name i've ever heard for a name it was what? so i kid you not it was so bad that a week into its release <laughs> a week into its release they just changed it to birds of prey Base. That they hated it so much. It's not as bad as what was the movie where they actually made edits to the movie in the middle of the film. It was like Cats or something came out <laughs> and they like edited the movie. It might have, it probably wasn't Cats, but there was a movie where like because it's digital, they like literally changed stuff about it in during the week and made the changes. So whoever saw it in the first week saw a different movie than whoever saw it the second week. As the resident big chungus in the crowd, <laughs> that title has massive low chungus energy. Yes. Am I right? I'm saying, I'm saying, but they're saying they need a studio creative head to be like no we're not giving it that name but is that the, is an awful name but is the money guy gonna be that but, well that's that's the thing they, they need to find a, a happy medium between right. a money guy uh who's well yeah hopefully the money guy's like 
that title is going to lose us a bunch of money. Nay. It's got to make money. Yeah. Uh, so well, It's like, who even knows what that's about? You just put Harley Quinn right at the end and of you, that long-ass title. And you know that whoever wrote that title is like, yes, Queen Slay, and thought it was great. They're like, fantabulous. fantabulous. That's, that's great, right? What is it, 2009? Um, okay, by the way, I, I'm going to point out, this is why none of this is going to work. Ta-Nehisi Coates turns in woke black Superman script soon. Remember, this is not um, Calvin Ellis. This is not Val Zod, uh, which is what um, Michael B. Jordan is doing. They're just going to make Superman black uh, and have J.J. Abrams produce it, which means you have a strike against J.J. Abrams, who is horrible at, uh, at doing any type of uh, adaptation like this as, star, as his Star Trek movies have uh, shown people. Uh, a lot of people, he, he's got a uh, company called Bad, uh, Bad Robot, which they, a lot of people ironically call Bad Reboot. Mm. Um, I, oddly enough, he created one, he is the producer of one of my favorite television shows of all time, Person we of Interest. We all in know it. Person of Interest, which is um, a, a uh, an original piece by Christopher Nolan's brother, Jonathan Nolan. So I don't think he had anything to do with that other than the production elements of it. But uh, they want to do this. So, so Ta-Nehisi Coates, who is admittedly a divisive person in general, nobody uh, that is not an activist actually likes him uh, or his writing. He destroyed Captain America. He kind of destroyed uh, Black Panther. He's just not a good writer, uh, in my opinion. You know, if, if you like his stuff, that's, that's your... Did he do the Black Panther movie? No, not he. Oh. Uh, he worked in the comics. Um, okay, I was like, so but uh, no, no. He, uh, I bl- I don't know if Ryan Coogler wrote that one, but uh, I know Ryan Coogler directed it, and he also did Creed. So, uh, so it says it said that Ta-Nehisi Coates will be turning in his Superman script, uh, which will feature, which is thought to feature a black version of the Man of Steel. This info comes from trade writer Jeff Snyder, and I'm just saying, who's over here? Like, why is this stuff getting made? Like, nobody wants this because representation matters. But uh, but, but the, the, stat, the, the, you I'm don't saying, understand. Okay, I'm saying then, then, then there's an abundance of characters that they can use. They're using uh, John Henry Irons on on Superman and Lois right now. They're using Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, do that, do that, and do not do this because nobody wants this. And remember, I'm the person who most of the time has no problem with uh, with race swapping from source material to the movies as long as they don't brag about it. But there are certain characters that are so iconic. I have you, never, by the way, I've never seen someone do that and not immediately brag about it. Yeah, when is when does that happen? Nick ever? Fury is not was not originally black in the comics. Nick Fury. Well, there's a black rendition of it, I think. But yeah, but after the fact. Oh not, really? Yeah. Okay, oh. So, so but they did, but when they came out, Samuel L. Jackson is just a freaking awesome actor, and it worked for the role. But you know that if they if they make Superman black in this in rural mid uh, middle America, oh, it's yeah. going to become. Uh, <laughs> it's going to become part of the story, and he does not know how. And Ta-Nehisi Coates, in my opinion, does not know how to write without making uh, political grievance part of his storytelling, which nobody freaking wants anymore. They just don't. So, uh, especially not for what uh, uh, Mary so adequately, uh, uh, eloquently said. Popcorn movies. People go to these movies to have fun, not to. They want to escape from what's going on in the real world, not deal with it again in the vein of uh, Superman being being swapped like that. So just and make that's it. Just why make we a, have to blast them with propaganda where they're at their weakest. So please, if Ta-Nehisi Coates is going to do this, and I don't think he would do this any better either, make a Steel movie. I would watch that. Or a static shock, if you you know. It, just do it. 
I really don't want to. I really don't want them to ruin him because that that was like a surprisingly woke I know, show. Right? Now that I think about it, when you it. really look back on it, it was. It, but but it couldn't be done with the same eloquence that it it was. Yeah, it was tasteful. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't work now. So uh, all of these, uh, and I'm just saying, all of this stuff is going on. And then there's other says rumor that Ta-Nehisi Coates Superman script leaves the door open for a Henry Cavill return because they're talking about how Henry Cavill is going to be uh, basically taken out of the timeline in the Flash movie through Flashpoint, the the Flashpoint paradox storyline. My point point of all of this is to say if this sounds confusing to you as it does to me who's researching it that is a breakdown of leadership and an inability to provide a consistent form of entertainment through the studio which they are failing at and david zaslav who's in charge now has a very 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 uh tough job ahead of him that's what i'm saying they're scrambling scrambling they're just like always scrambling yeah change this try this a new formula a new actor uh, ben affleck oh, i don't know isn't he famous uh <laughs> like they gotta they just gotta hey let's do a batman movie let's do a superman movie what do people like about batman well it's the most famous batman story can we do it can we like go from there you what know? did you dislike about ben affleck's batman he <sighs> He just doesn't have the like the suave intellectual debonair <laughs> I disagree. air that Batman. Does. Oh, also, I I am gonna go back. I'm I'm gonna break my rule and go back into three. Did you see this <laughs> article? Josh Brolin recalls losing out on Batman role to Ben Affleck. How would you have felt about that? I'd have to see it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think Josh Brolin could have played uh, an older Ben an older Batman pretty well. But uh, they were talking about how uh, Snyder had originally had um, the reason uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was cast as. Uh, Bruce Wayne's dad uh, in uh, Batman vs Superman. They were like, "Why would they get such a, a high level actor for such a small role?" The scenes like do twenty seconds long or a minute long. Actually, it's probably like five minutes long with all of Snyder's slow mo. Was because they were originally going to do the Flashpoint paradox storyline, where then Batman becomes uh, Thomas Wayne and Bruce's mom becomes Joker. Can I t what? Can I tell you something? I think Henry Cavill would be a better Batman than Superman. I disagree. Interesting. What? Okay, then tell me why. Because what what I liked most about Batman is like, Batman is three steps ahead. Like mm -hmm. he already planned it. He's he's not telling you yeah. what's going on. Like he already did it, and he shows through action. And I think Henry Cavill. What's appealing about him is that he seems to be like a, almost like a brooding intellectual. Like he keeps it. Like he's very precise about and meticulous about what he says. Mm -hmm. And Batman's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like tortured and torn and silent and like he only really like comes out to his butler who's his like metaphorical father figure, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think and he I don't know, he he has the look too. Yeah. Like good looking, debonair, millionaire guy. Like he could pull it off. Uh we we will never know now. now sadly. We'll never know. We will never know. All right. Uh this this is a uh, an interesting one to me because uh it goes with Hollywood, it goes with substance abuse and it goes with a lot of other issues that come with when you mix business with all of these things together. Uh and it's uh, it says Bam Margera settles his Jackass 4 lawsuit. So we covered this a while back. Basically, he uh he sued the the people who are producing the movie Jackass Forever because he was originally supposed to be in the movie. Uh, and there was all of these restrictions laid upon him because he has such a, a long uh, history of substance abuse and erratic behavior. Um, and he had what was called a wellness contract that yeah. he had to adhere to, which certain parts of it made perfect sense to me. Other parts I took issue with, actually. 
Um, one of it being that he was drug tested every day. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. If somebody has a, yeah. it's, it's still crazy to think of like a studio, like mandating you to do that. Uh, each and every day, uh, you know, most people go to a job, they get a drug test once in the beginning. Uh, and then maybe if you work in law enforcement or something, you get intermittent drug tests because you're, uh, dealing with the general public, but this is pure. It's purely a financial motive, right? right. They're keeping an eye on their investment. The issue I took with it was they popped them for Adderall. They, yeah, which he had a prescription right. for. Uh, I, I have my own opinions on this because a lot of times sobriety, it's, um, did they think he was abusing Adderall? I think they, use, I, I, I just think that they thought they just used it as a way to get rid of him. Um, yeah, realistically, if he had it prescribed from his doctor and this, then the studio was not, uh, against him taking any uh, all drugs because and this is where I have a huge problem with it is they made him take antidepressants mm. they, they 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 said that is a requirement for him to be on the show uh, as far as I can understand in this thing is that how they, is that any of their business ex like medical information exactly well they basically the studio hired a doctor to uh, uh, you know uh, examine him I think they said they did it over a zoom call because this was still pandemic times and mm -hmm. prescribed him so it says Bammer, so we'll just get into it but i'm saying i took huge issue with the idea that they could i, I have no problem with them telling him that he can't have drugs in his body uh if you're if from the realm i am in sobriety people have different schools of thought about whether you can take medications like adderall uh given whatever your sub whatever your substance of choice was you're still altering your mind very heavily each and every day so some people are going to tell you that you need to go cold turkey off of everything other people will say that you're allowed to take stuff that uh if it wasn't in your realm of abuse uh i'm not here to judge him on that but the fact of the matter is legally if he had his prescription i don't see how they could have told him that he couldn't be on it but it likely would have affected his behavior Right. So it says uh, Bamarger has finally brought his feud with his former Jackass co-star Johnny Knoxville to a close after settling his wrongful termination uh, suit out of court. Basically, he dropped the suit. He gave up. So it says one of the longstanding members, uh, longest standing members of Jack of the Jackass crew, Margera, was fired from the set of their most recent film, Jackass Forever, uh, which his former collaborators said was due to his behavior and mental health issues. Uh, however, the 42-year-old saw things differently and, and soon took not only to no took Knoxville to court, but also Spike Jones, Jeffrey Tremaine, as well as Paramount Pictures, uh, MTV, Dickhouse Entertainment, and Gorilla Flicks. So those are all the producers uh, listed that got the film made. The crux of Margera's case was that he felt that he'd been forced to sign an agreement that is psych that what he considered to be psychological torture, uh, with so many conditions included in it that it was impossible to comply. Meaning you have to meet all of these requirements or you're fired. Do this every day or you're fired do this every day you're fired and he basically they said that he had to pay out of pocket to do this right so that's a problem right. like if you're going to mandate all this uh and hold him to his contract uh, it feels like that should be on the studio to help him uh try to make you know if they consider that their relationship is mutual that they're it's mutually beneficial they need him to make the movie and he needs them to to stay on track then they're uh obligated to, they should be obligated to help him um, for the, as long as the contract is is going through, they're, he's there. He's not their responsibility afterwards. But in a in the coldest sense of it being a business arrangement, it feels like it would be in their it would behoove them to help him out in as many ways as possible. And maybe taking some of that financial burden along in the process would have helped. The thing, the crazy thing about the Jackass is like three big brands came out of it: Johnny Knoxville which is perhaps our, the, the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, Steve-O and Chris Pontius, uh, the Wild Boys, 
and then Bam Margera. Yep. So and prob the more the most mainstream one is probably um can I just say his name? What was the first one? Johnny Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah. Like Knoxville's probably the most famous one, but Bar Margera was huge. I knew more about Margera Me than, too. than Knoxville just because yeah. I used to watch Viola Bam and like I, I didn't watch any of it, but I knew who he the, was. And the, I, I skated, but yeah, I didn't care about that stuff. He was really associated to a band too that was really funny. Uh Bloodhound Gang, was it? Was he the Bloodhound Gang? You and me, baby, no. ain't nothing. But I just watched that the other day, the video for if you guys want to watch uh okay, just an aside, go online and watch the music video for um that song um from the from the blood uh from the Bloodhound Yeah, that's Gang. from Bloodhound Gang. Yeah. Uh Watch the video and you will be like, "Wow, this could not be made." It's it's it's. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. So it says uh, in the lawsuit itself, Margera has claimed that he was pressured into signing a wellness agreement while taking time in rehab back in 2019. This was supposedly a contract uh, condition of his participation in the movie, and is something he claimed he was unable to run past a lawyer because he's in rehab. How does he have time to just consult a lawyer while all this is going? So they kind of like cornered him. Got him to do this. And by the way, none of what I'm saying here uh, excuses bad behavior. Uh, and if he was erratic on set, you know, there from a purely financial uh, state, uh, from a pure, from a purely financial um, perspective, I'm like, you know, I understand the studio's reasoning. You know, this guy's volatile. We don't know what he's going to be like day to day. He has these issues that we know are detrimental to our cost benefit on getting this movie made. I'm not blaming them for uh, for what they did. I'm saying that I uh, I think that the the agreement seems to be a little bit it like it would be very hard for somebody in chaos to be able to complete all this stuff. But then you have to ask him. Maybe he should have just said I shouldn't be. Maybe I'm not in a place right now where I can do this. I don't know. They ha they had to put him in. No. Especially I I just saw the movie. I don't know if this is spoilers territory. Uh, go, we're we're good. It's been out for a while. Okay. Um, but they they have like a nice little like Ryan Dunn tribute. Yeah. Like the the one that passed away, and the, he that was his like boy, man. Yeah. Like they had to have him on, especially if they were gonna do a tribute to his best friend. Like that's messed up. So it says Margera was asked to take regular drug tests uh, and alcohol tests, as well as taking various drugs, which the star said left him depressed and drained. See, like just go like going off of uh, the Adderall would have made him pretty uh, lethargic and difficult to to get up and go and be energetic when you've been on it for a long period of time. Uh, it can be very hard to, uh, say, you know, equate any amount of joy to your life, let alone what you need to really uh, show on screen. Yeah, um, it, it kind of seems like they just wanted him out. Yeah, like he so, was kind of a troublemaker. So it says Margera didn't do this, and soon enough, tested positive for Adderall, resulted in being kicked off the production of the film. Margera stated in the suit that the Adderall had been prescribed to him by doctors for over a decade. So he has a, a claim there that you know the reason they kicked him off was just whatever one they could find. But now he's going up against whatever money he has, and I don't know his net worth. I'm sure it's fairly you know, fairly large, but he doesn't have studio money, and he's not going to be able to take them on in court forever. So he went, uh, he went even further, likening his situation to that of the Britney Spears conservatorship and called the defendants inhumane and discriminatory. At the end of the year, Steve-O had elaborated on what they call the so-called conservatorship was. Uh, in fact, it's not a conservatorship, it's a guardianship, he said. The conservatorship has financial implications. With a conservatorship, they're in charge of all of your money and everything. With the guardianship, they kind of leave your money out of it. In the guardianship, they're just like, these are the rules, you have to abide by these rules. And that's not... 
out of the realm of what these studios can ask for. for you know, there's morals clauses in in contracts for things for how people behave offset, and that's what happens when you get into bed with a a billion dollar studio. You're going to have rigid rules, and if you've proven yourself in the past to be unreliable, as much as I hate to say it, uh, it's not hard to uh, imagine this happening to him. Which is uh, it's kind of sad, but you know, he, he basically they're saying that he dropped the suit. I mean, are any of these guys reliable? They're all kind of I bet, wild. No, I bet you they are. Uh, I was, I'm saying I, like it's the it's the concerted effort of making like a bunch of grown men who have 6:30 a.m. call times look like crazy wild people. Uh, it's like rock music in the 80s looked crazy, like they were dangerous and badass because uh, a studio made a video that made them look that way when they're really just businessmen that are entertainers. Have you ever seen the meme? It says like um, fans of Metallica. And it's got a guy who's dressed in like all black. He's got a leather jacket on. He's wearing black skin tight black jeans. It says the members of Metallica. And it's like Lars like walking out of like a gap <laughs> mm. or like walking out of like a like like a reg- like a Rodeo, not a gap, like a, like a Rodeo Drive like store. So he's like wearing like boardies and uh, looking like a 60 year old dude. Uh, that's like you're they're per, They portray an image. That's what they do. Uh, and I tied this in because we covered the the Thandi Newton situation the other day about her being kicked yeah. off of Magic Mike. Uh, and we, we joked Very about how bizarre. Uh, she got kicked off. And the, the joke was that they said that it was because of her fighting with. Um, but that's with, not a joke. That's literally what they said. Okay. Uh, what the, happened? The joke we were telling was like it was ridiculous. She got into some vicious argument with Channing Tatum over the Will Smith thing. The Slapgate. No way. And then stormed out. But we've and got- then he basically fired her. <laughs> wow! But yeah. then, the, then her agents later said that's not what happened. So it comes out and says Thandi Newton report. <laughs> Thandi Newton reportedly <laughs> heading. <laughs> heading to rehab <laughs> after I'm so minor uh, like i know you like what would you disagree about like i think I chris think rock it was is... about slapgate her agents are lying no I, I i believe you i'm just like what like how where would be the conflict be well i'm saying this could have contributed to it so it says thandy newton's reportedly uh, heading to rehab facility after magic mike 3 exit split from husband thandy newton is reportedly experiencing wow. a number of personal issues so maybe if she's experiencing some type of uh substance abuse issue she's fighting with her husband and they're getting divorced maybe all it does take to set you off is somebody saying that uh will smith did nothing wrong and then all of a sudden you just start yelling at your <laughs> producer uh, your your co-host slash producer was that her film. argument uh, i want to know whose side they were on yeah that's what i want to know uh, we don't know uh, oh. i don't know if she was we need to start like a, there's like team cap team <laughs> iron man we need like team smith team rock i want to know who's pro a man getting assaulted <laughs> uh, hey i even i was like i think a 10-year ban is ridiculous too i think it's too much it's a lot yeah uh, so, so channing tatum's magic mike 3 described by the actor as the super bowl of stripper movies uh, is currently in production. However, the long-awaited Tatum-led sequel... I mean, long-awaited is hyperbole, I think. Nah, I, I, by some. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Recently, got an audience. Recently experienced a casting shake-up after Thandi Newton dropped out of the proceedings. Uh, the statement said that they was due to family reasons. While sources initially claimed that her exit was due to a dust-up with Tatum, now it would be seen that after the aftermath of the situation and her split from her husband, Newton uh, is reportedly heading to rehab. One of the funny things that they always do in situations like this is like if they don't want to admit like drug problems because we can't confirm, they're like, they're in there for exhaustion. Or, or depression, <laughs> when usually it's depression caused by substance abuse. Um, so we can't confirm that, 
but that, you know, if they're going to a treatment facility, it's very likely that it has something to do along those lines. I think you can get admitted if you don't have a substance abuse problem. Um, you could go for uh, depression. I, I don't know. Really? I, I don't remember if, if they allowed that. That would just be a mental my, health. Yeah, that would be like facility a... Facility of some sort. Uh, those posh uh, celebrity ones are probably yeah. different. So it says, uh, it's been alleged that... Uh, I don't know if there was anybody... When I was in, in rehab, I don't know if there was anybody in there that was in there for depression. I think everyone yeah. was in there for something. Uh, a substance that made them depressed... But I don't know if they were in there for depression on its own. Uh, it's been alleged that during her time on the set of Magic Mike, uh, the, the last dance, Magic Mike's last dance. I can't even say that without laughing. Teddy Newton was exhibiting unusual behavior. According to Peyton, see that screams drugs to me, not depression. Um, after crew members expressed concern for her, Newton's agent arrived on the London-based set to ease the situation. However, the star eventually departed the project and made her way back to the U.S. So Sandy, and this is from her agent, uh, it says, uh, sources say that her star's separation from her husband of 24 years. That's a long time. Uh, and other personal issues apparently affected her work on the upcoming film. Thandy has been acting strange on set. She's been highly, uh, very highly strung. Her apparent uh, breakdown caused so much disruption. It became uh, clear she couldn't play the role. There's a lot going on in her personal life. She and her husband have separated. She seems stressed. She even brought her two pet rabbits to her hotel room for emotional support. So all I'm trying to draw a comparison here is that when somebody is in chaos, whether it be from drugs personal issues, whatever that may be, for a, uh, a project like a film, which costs hundreds of millions of dollars, or even if it's not hundreds, millions of dollars to make, these studios are put in the unfortunate position of playing the, you know, look, we can't afford to have this type of instability here. We're sorry. And they didn't even kick her off the set. They said that, they said that she removed herself, right? It is very difficult. Mm, to, it might have been both. It could have been... Think that Tatum probably kicked her off. Uh, He's in charge of it after all. But she but why would she want him to like I guess then uh, who saves face by her saying um that she removed herself from the set. I her. guess her but uh so he did it. He kicked her off but she's good with letting him uh with letting her save face. I don't know. I so, mean getting kicked off a set would kind of mean like oh she's hard to work with. So probably I removed myself is yeah, somewhat better. Thandy's team wants her to uh, to go to a rehab for mental health support. She was supposed to leave immediately for a facility. They tried for a Malibu rehab, but they couldn't take her. Arrangements are now being made to go to a facility in Arizona if she agrees to go. I'm so all my point was that is that when somebody is struggling, when somebody's really going through a tough time, be it from chemical uh, abuse, from substance abuse, be it from person like issues in your personal life, the same thing happened with Ben Affleck in our previous topic. His life was in chaos uh, while making. Making these Batman films and it came out um, you know there's a great if you look at the um, the reshoots between the in the Joss Whedon version of the Justice League there's scenes where he's noticeably heavier set uh, mm -hmm. because he's no longer training and his life is because uh, he's struggling so I'm just saying that when you're when your franchises cost millions of hundreds of millions of dollars to make or even just dozens of millions of dollars to make uh, these studios cannot afford to um, to let that let that go. It's a sad fact of the industry. Just go marry Ben Affleck, Ben Brett. You love I, him. I will. You love him. Okay. I, Just tell him. I love Gili. No, I don't love Gili. Yeah, okay. But, but they I could like... they can make a sequel. That's what that's the sequel people want that they don't realize they need. Gili too. Now that he and Jennifer Lopez are back together. More Gili. Let's go. Let's do this. They should do it. Frankly, they they should. Frankly, frankly, they should. All right. 
so uh, we've got uh, the box office. Uh, I was more interested in the box office, so this is Podluck. We're going to talk Podluck. Uh, I was more interested in to see how Sonic did than how Fantastic Beasts did. Um, Mary's like, it's very male that she liked to look at the numbers for all this stuff. It I, is. I, I find, uh, I, as somebody who's bad with numbers, I, I find that uh, hilarious because I'm, I'm awful with numbers. But I, I, I don't really <laughs> Categorizing care. Categorizing things yes. and you need to know. I, I don't really <laughs> care about Fantastic Beasts and the, uh, the Secret of Dumbledore. They should have never made these movies to begin with, in my humble opinion. I, I'm not a fan of the expansion. It feels like, like, uh, like, J.K. Rowling is also already the richest uh, woman on earth, right? Like, she needs more. She, no, I think that's Jeff Bezos' I ex-wife. said woman. Oh. Ex-wife. Uh, oh, ex-wife. Woman. Dang. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully okay. a woman. Um, so yeah, maybe you could be She's right there. She's up there, though. She's but, close. I think, I think um, you're right. She is very much a fantastic book. Oh, I don't even know if she's a fantastic book writer outside of Harry Potter. I haven't read any of her mystery stuff or the stuff she wrote. on. She wrote under a pseudonym. I never read any of it. But she can write books. We know that she can do that. I have yet to see any proof that she can write screenplays. That is not her fault, I guess. It's, uh, you know, you're just not cut out for certain things. But the Fantastic Beast films have been a, on a steadily downward trajectory by about t- 200 million each film. I think the first one made like 866. The second one made like 600 million something. Uh, and this one, only a 40, what was it? $43 million opening for a franchise connected to the Harry Potter universe. Look, the 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 theme park is still doing fantastic. Harry Potter as a brand is still thriving, but these movies nobody cares. Like that's like I looked at what I thought was fascinating was the the general consensus from audiences says eighty five percent from audiences, forty eight percent from critics. I couldn't find a single excited person about these movies. All the reviews I read were either eh, it's better than the last one, I guess. Or eh, I don't really care. Or you get the the you know the hypercritical people who are like, look, it's stupid. They kick Johnny Depp out, uh, and they cut out the the gay scene, so they have no uh, mm-hmm. they have no moral consistency because of uh, all this other stuff. So, but did they cut him out for us or for China? They no, they cut Johnny Depp out because of his. I know his, the Johnny Depp. They but cut like the other the, thing out for China. But the gay stuff they did for, for China. Okay, yeah, right. Only in the Chinese release, which is I was saying that just proves that they have no moral consistency, that it's it's still a business at heart. So you're the gay topics. <laughs> I it, don't know. Everything's uh, everything uh, is kind of up in the air as far as why. Uh, to me, I don't understand why they still keep making these movies. So it made forty three million dollars at a large four thousand two hundred and eight theater locations. That's an average of about ten thousand dollars a theater. But Sonic Two had a fifty eight percent drop and still made thirty million dollars this weekend. Uh, in its second week, it also lists Fantastic Beasts as an A twenty four film. I don't think that's right. I, if it is, I, I was I thought that's it was, hilarious. If it's true, I thought it was a Warner Brothers film. Uh, I mean, I know it's a Warner Brothers film, but I don't know if there's some type of subheading or something in there. So I, I could be. Oh, it's listing Father Stu as a a Warner. Uh, maybe something was put in backwards. I'd have to double check that later. But uh, I am glad to see that Sonic did another thirty million. Fifty eight percent isn't a horrible drop. Uh, and it's still out at over 4,250. St- so Sonic 2 is out at more theaters still than Fantastic Beasts in its second week. You got to go fast. Um, exactly. That's, that, was a, that, was, that was clever. That was Thanks. good. Uh, yeah, Father Stu brought in $5.7 million. Me and Mary uh, contributed to that. We quite enjoyed that movie. Um, you should go see it. It's Easter. You should go see it. Uh, might even make more money today. 
because of Probably. oh yeah because uh it, it it does it does like the weekend box office basically predicting based on what they think it will make for the sunday and it could end up making more because it's easter but they might have worked that into the predictions mm-hmm. but we will we'll see where it goes but uh fantastic beast is definitely the law of diminishing returns i don't it. remember anyone even being excited about the first one i like them. no uh, I was just saying, like the best you can hope for is like tepid approval. I like it. It's 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 right. the Marvel of Harry Potter movies. They're like, eh, actually, no, that's not true because Marvel get people. There's Marvel has stands that people get very excited for, and Harry Potter is just very like pitiful. N- nobody cares about the. They only care about the Harry Potter established the main character. It's a shame because Dumbledore's one of the coolest, if not the coolest character. Uh, it, well, in yes, uh, depends on who you ask. Right. Yes. Uh, but uh, it, it's just sad to see a, a franchise where it's like, it's not failing, but it's like they're going to squeeze every last penny out of it. Like, it will, as long as it makes its money back and then some, we will get Fantastic Beasts 9. At least it's not Fast 57. You it know? should be Fast I'd rather see that. I'd no rather way, see Fast 57. Give me Fast 57 with like Vin Diesel's son and like my brother's his, my enemy gr- it, uh, <laughs> by by fast and furious 57 it'll be like vin diesel's like grandson playing uh playing dom uh and family I'm, and yeah. i'm and i'm all I'm, I'm here for it so all right batman in 007 casting backlash is a disease says 50 shades of gray star um they're talking about jamie dornan i thought you'd get a kick out of this ding because we talk about you talked about casting heath ledger Mm -hmm. and the joker and this happens every time they cast a new person in a james bond movie every time they cast a new person in a batman movie every time they cast a new person in something like uh, and joker i would argue is just as important to that that they that they draw up so do you think that uh, as an actor would you want to have anything to do with uh the casting process of this no Definitely not because like I'm I'm gonna want something and they're gonna put you know like mm-hmm. a f- a furry in a wheelchair and, yeah. and like <laughs> I'm Batman like okay <laughs> and like but here's this quote he says prejudgment is an effing disease it's a disease in all our culture in my line of work sure but in general people prejudge people based on f- effing anything really and it's very sad look at the reaction when rob got cast as batman it was like 90 percent negative daniel craig got really? cast see i'm gonna push back on that and say that i think he's wrong yeah yeah I was positive everything positive about right? it. i don't i think he's wrong on that daniel craig got cast as james bond and that was like 100 percent negative he is right about that a lot of people what? did uh no way i kid you not the complaint Why? from a lot of people was like his hair isn't dark enough no That's, way I, nope, he, was, what yep. he's my favorite bond um but he's not wrong but i'm saying he's not you we may not have thought he was uh gonna be bad uh, i don't think i had any judgment on him I heard all the, i remembered when he got cast was, I was like the girl with the dragon tattoo guy and the dude who was like who played uh ugh. in tomb raider with an american accent while angelina jolie had a british accent that movie was Weird. so intense uh and i guess uh layer cake yeah so a bunch of stuff so daniel craig guy is cast as james bond says it was vile when it what was written it was actually disturbing when you see the effing venomous anger that people have over casting decisions and then guess what daniel craig is effing brilliant and it changes the whole energy of bond all the naysayers lo- ro- love what rob has done with batman this is their cross to bear 
If you're going to be the helm of a, a franchise worth billions of dollars, that billions of dollars, has the, the money has to come from somewhere, and that comes from enthusiasm. Enthusiasm equals dollars. So if you're going to head up a franchise like that, and you want the movies to make a bunch of money, you're going to have to rely on the people that helped get it to that point, which is the very, very vicious fans that want to see it done a certain way, and it is your job as an actor to work with the director to create the best possible product. That's, that's your job. Enthusiasm can be positive or negative, though. I yes. think you're good with both. Yeah. Uh, it's your job to to prove the people who support you right, and it's your job to, pe uh, to prove the people that are naysayers wrong. That is your job as an actor. That's why you're paid millions of dollars to helm a very, very prestigious role like a James Bond or a Batman or a Joker. Uh, so I, I think that he's he's I understand what he's saying. He's he's basically he's bitching about the the trials and tribulations of the job that he has. But uh, I, I would like to see uh, I would like to see more actors kind of approach it with like the look. I'm here to prove you wrong. Like you think I'm not going to be great. I'm going to be great at it. But in, instead of kind of retreating into their corner and being like they were mean to me, uh, you know, come out with a little bit more vigor. I say. Jamie what? Dornan is just mad that he's always going to be known as Fifty Shades of Grey star. Yes. And that's why he's mad about this topic. Actually, I've never seen Fifty Shades of Grey, but I have seen The Fall. I haven't either. And he's fantastic in The Fall as a serial killer. I haven't seen any of them. Um, I, I highly recommend The Fall with Gillian Anderson. Um, go see it. Uh, okay. Uh, Coach Coachella, uh, there's a one statement from Coachella that, that Mary sent my way. And I was it that one, was it the part in the headline that you wanted me to cover? That, that, yeah, that yeah. you thought was really funny. I just thought it was funny because Harry Styles proclaims men are trash with help from <laughs> Shania Twain of all people. Who's Harry Styles? Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it says, uh, it says, um, where did I find this? Uh, it says in February, uh, I want to make find that exact line. That was the part it says after the so basically he, he, he does his songs and he has uh, Shania Twain come out on stage. Uh, and perform with him, right? And he says, uh, he "This says, lady taught me to sing." Yes. She also taught me that men are trash. With that, <laughs> oh Twain cracked up, and the crowd roared. Um, yes, men are trash. And, and imagine all of the men just all of the trash. the self hating men. men. Are trash. And there's all these self-hating men, like with their girlfriends at the concert, like, "Yes, men are trash." Dudes <laughs> to their to their girlfriends. Dudes rule and i just want to say <laughs> dane that. said it dudes rule dudes rock no cap For, it's, oh my god yeah 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 uh, no yo. kizzy is there is, no, okay, oh then my I have god to ask evolving you, <laughs> i have to ask you a question is there a female version of this where a girl gets up on stage and because i'm like all i all i've seen from pop culture in the last 20 years is yes queen slay <laughs> we women can do anything is there a is there just a toxic ass woman who gets up on stage and is like bitches are be tripping Fuck these hoes. No, I'll, I'll edit that out no. later. <laughs> I probably won't. Um, I, I probably won't. Like, okay. is, is, there, is there a female version of that? Lydia? Like, is, there, is, this, is, this, is this a gendered, <laughs> no. is this a gendered issue where guys are allowed to, he, he can say this because, well, anybody can say men are trash because men are allowed to be trashed in society right now. But is there like, because no, because let's just face it. If, if he went up on stage and he's like, and women are trash too, this article would be very different. Shania Twain would have balked and cried and, and claimed that the world was ending and, and he would have been labeled a misogynist. What if he said non-binary people are trash too? Yeah, yeah, you can't say any of this stuff. Uh, so I, I'm trying to think of a female analog to this 
to this I story mean, only when it's personal like yeah i know that like a woman can diss another woman and that is accepted but she can't say anything general about women it's one of the biggest uh fallacies of pop culture in like especially in entertainment like the last 10 years is like all women get along i'm like have you oh, oh no. my god I was, it's like it's like that's gonna be a slide it's like oh uh-huh. my god oh my god queen you're the best like have you ever seen the meme it says it's 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 like uh it's like women uh compl- women lie by complimenting each other to each other's face men lie by insulting each other to each other's face <laughs> where it's like the woman's like oh my god you're so beautiful am i yes yes you are it's like and one dude's like am i fat he's like dude i know five fat people and you're four of them <laughs> like like that like dudes dudes lie to each other by insulting each other and women lie to each other by complimenting each other and this, then backstabbing later on this is not me saying this this is just society this saying is why this. there can only be one queen of rap for instance like Nikki is allowed to diss other women and it was Lil Kim before field. that and Dude, for a second I thought you were gonna be like and that's me and I was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a moment and as yeah we know, I was ready I was like <laughs> and as we know that that queen is Lil Kim uh forever uh, pre Nicki Minaj pre Nicki Minaj yeah. uh, uh I actually because I was Missy looking, Elliott uh okay Mm. Get wrecked, Kim, both uh, of you. Missy Elliott, yes, fine. Damn. Uh, um, Before it was uh, Missy Elliott and Lil Kim, and now it's Nicki Minaj. The point, Cardi B, right? Yeah, they, they're they're beefing with yeah. each other. Who's um, beefing? Uh, Cardi B. And that Nicki keeps Minaj. it exciting. Um. So, but they gotta they gotta fight. They gotta fight. Mm-hmm. All right, you're right about Missy Elliott, though. <laughs> All right, Pat Sajak's extremely off-color joke to Vanna White on. Wheel of Fortune. Twitter has mixed feeling. And I literally picked this for exactly one tweet that I saw here, which um, I just love the idea that Pat Sajak keeps getting in trouble in like the last, uh, (laughs) he had something else that happened recently. But then, so the joke was this. So he says, uh, basically, he makes a joke about uh, opera and being nude, and that was very bad. So it says, did Pat Sajak cross the line during a recent episode of Wheel of Fortune with an off-color question? He asked Vanna White. The moment moment certainly caught the attention of social media, but they can't collectively decide on if he did anything wrong. Are you kidding me? I just read the quote. Yeah. Do you want to read it for everyone? Have you ever watched opera in the buff? That was his. That, that, that's it. That's it. Basically, kidding, they're, right? they're they're talking about how like she's a fan of uh, she's an opera buff. Oh my God. Let me. But finish. have you ever yeah, watched yeah, okay. opera in the buff? I gotta finish the tweet. Yep. Dude. Sorry. So it. it's like, have you ever watched <laughs> opera in the buff? Pat Sajak to Vanna White. When did this game show turn into the Wheel of Fortune after dark? That's that's not the best one. Is the next one? What? Read the next one. Read the next one. I feel like I just witnessed a Me Too moment on Wheel of Fortune. Wow. That is right. This, this is the you age. I think we her live. heart was just pounding in her this, chest. This is the age like, we live in. When we I were, am humiliated. There was a there's a there's a movie on HBO Max. Tepid grandpa humor? Yes. Yes. Uh there's a there's a movie on HBO Max called Kimmy, starring um from the Batman da, 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 Lisa Bonet's daughter, Zoe Kravitz. Uh and she's it's awful. The movie's awful. Uh, but the point is, there's a character that, like, she calls whenever she needs help with something who lives in, like, another country, and he calls her hotness. And she calls it, she's like, uh, she's like, that's sexual harassment, whatever your name is. And then he goes, me too doesn't exist in this country. That's, this is the world we're in now, where, uh, in off, like, they've been working together longer than, like, me and, uh, than I've been alive. Like, 
th- that, that's how long we've been working together. So yeah. this is the world we live in now, uh, where then people have to argue about it Dude, um, over wi- and over. My wife and I looked at each other, and we were like, what did we just hear? Like, who want to live in that house? Yeah, like, like, With that freaking loser is like, in the buff? What did I just hear? This is my favorite, though. It says, Alex Trebek would never. <laughs> Sajak has been trashed for a while now. I love the idea that these people are, like, keeping track of, like, your mor- of Pat Sajak's moral standing. Uh, and, and they're like, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about that Wheel of Fortune host who's, like, <laughs> 900 years old. Uh, it says, uh, Wheel of Fortune fans shocked by Pat Sajak's Me Too moment with Vanna White. I give up. I quit. I you know, there were some people defending him. I know, but I'm saying the, the fact and that there's the anyone article. calling this, the, 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 they wonder why people are angry. The fact that anyone even brought it up yes. is insane. I think yes. we're like living in the new Puritan culture. Yes, it is. Uh, yes. We are in a new a new age of Puritanical beliefs, which is hilarious to me because it's done from the same level of moral superiority, just from, it's just coming from a uh, ideologically, um, an ideologically intersected perspective, not a religious perspective as it had been in previous previous generations right so it's clever wordplay yes that's how bad education system is like they can't even recognize that part you know i just i I, this is i I don't know if this is necessarily the sign of the end times i watched a great video from (laughs) russell brand today in the buff I watched a great video from <laughs> Russell Brand today about called the end times. Um, and I, I don't know if this is necessarily a sign of the end times, but it certainly feels like we're in a weird type of like, um, like instead of alcohol prohibition, we're in like humor prohibition and we're waiting for the repeal, uh, the repudiation of like, uh, can we, ha- can we, f- can we tell jokes again? We're in man prohibition. Yes. And like masculinity is prohibited. Being a man on its own is prohibited and making jokes Dude's toward a woman she's like is you, prohibited she's like you want to cover numbers on this show that's too man you're not going to cover that you can't cover that that's guy stuff she didn't, she didn't actually say <laughs> hey that. i allow Did, for your autism okay? yes <laughs> thank you thank you toxic because, femininity at its worst because i care right thank you there thank you go. for acknowledging my you have your moment my all right <laughs> on to one more ridiculous idea i'm gonna close up how would you feel about a, a Serena Williams having a Williams Cinematic Universe? The title is horrible. The ar- read the article, guys. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, this is the, the articles never do them any favor. I know, I know. Okay, there are absolutely more stories to tell uh, in a family that's achieved as much greatness yep. as uh, as the the Williams sisters have. However, right. the idea of someone now, if she had actually said, "I want a Williams Cinematic Universe," that is a monument. To narcissism, which is right. not what is said in this article, but I'm just saying she is a narcissist, though. Yes, unrelated. Well, they, they, but I'm saying, but a, a lot of these uh, side notes. I, I give a lot more leeway to to athlete to to athletes who are narcissistic because they literally have to prove themselves over and over and over and over and Dude, over as a again. Tennis fan, they're both incredible, and like what the article says is true. Like they both completely own the sport in different eras of their lives. Yes. Serena and Venus. Yep. So it says there's a lot can be said about King Richard, about Richard Williams, uh, about Richard Williams in Will Smith's Academy Award winning portrayal of the famous father and King Richard. But the perspectives that should be prioritized is the real life of the Williams family. Smith uh, was an early front runner for best actor contention from the moment King Richard premiered. Whatever happened with that? Did he win? 
Uh, he won something, did didn't he? he? I, I can't remember. Something happened that I, I can't remember what happened that night. Uh -huh. Something big happened. Guess we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, I, I bet you, uh, who knows? I bet you people are arguing about it right now. Uh, <laughs> the attention given authentically re to authentically retelling the story of how tennis's powerhouses, Venus and Serena Williams, went from training in Compton in their youth to becoming two of the most dominant players in history meant that King Richard was quickly p positioned as the go-to inspirational movie of 2021. Uh, the way William, I'm just going to skip down here. It says the way Williams tells it, King Richard serves as a perfect origin story. So it's like Williams begins. Uh, it's like Serena begins. Uh, Serena and Venus begins uh, as the perfect origin story and launch pad for a series of films focusing on the separate paths of Venus and Serena. Well, the girls got their uh, story, their start together and won their fair share of doubles companion uh, championships. Both women have celebrated legendary singles runs outside mm -hmm. of the uh, outside of sports. It's, it's important to, to remember that the Williams sisters are not a monolith that each of them has their own story to tell, which is absolutely true. Absolutely. Um, you could do that, but maybe don't call it a cinematic universe for the sake of not making people puke in their mouth that was editorializing right. okay Absolutely. that's what I'm saying. like but i don't think anyone is even interested oh man i would be for real like when it i was growing be. up yeah yeah when i was growing up venus was incredible like she'd won like six in a row or something like she was like yep. the female federer and then but uh serena like she has like incredible power like control yep so like they're both so different, but and both so talented in in their gameplay. Yep. And I think now Serena uh, Serena's the one that's kind of dominating. Um, can I but, be Can I be honest? What I don't care anymore because they're going to focus on the, like they say here. Uh, but the it says the talent possessed by both Venus and Serena Williams is undeniable. But the bigotry they face as children, unfortunately, mm. never went away. I don't care. I mean, it's probably true it though. Is. Like no, it, it absolutely because is. I don't care. I, I, I am sick of I'm I'm sick of these stories. I'm not I'm not saying that they shouldn't make it. I'm saying that I do not care about these types of real. Nobody wants to watch movies about it's this stuff so anymore. Tired, this man. one would be interesting because like uh, I don't think a lot of people know about like the man. I think being a professional tennis player is super hard. Like you have to be like bred this from is a not, child. This is not bigotry. This is just being held to account in the spotlight. Okay, they are millionaires who worked very hard to get on the national stage is there bigotry involved yes but i would say a majority of it is people being critical of them you cannot call all forms of critique bigotry no right no no i'm sure but like i'm sure what they're talking about in bigotry because they were talking about like to be a professional tennis player typically you gotta be in one of these tennis academies yeah from a young age and like this guy like trained his daughters do like on the side then the focus is on the juggernauts. Then the focus should be on the positive aspect right, of that right. story, not on how everything. Because everything's adversity. I, 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 I kid you not. I watched a video today where a guy's like a bunch of. It's like this is a sign for you and your bros to blow up basketballs and then ex explode them. Like where you, you need that juxtaposition though okay. to make the story interesting. But this, but I don't have any faith that it will not be heavy handed and over the top. And overdone and take away from the story i hope not okay so, but my point is that this video is like it's like a bunch of guys they, they blow up a bunch of basketballs and then like so that they blow up and explode and a bunch of people are like <laughs> clearly only rich people could do this because of how expensive basketballs are which costs like so it's like you can have like a thousand dollar phone in your pocket but the idea that only rich people can own a basketball because it costs 25 dollars to buy a basketball everyone's looking for their um i was held down i was held back story and it was part of their story, absolutely. But it can't be the entire, it can't be the focus entirely. I think after golf, tennis is the most elitist sport of all. So like- it, Not horse, not not uh, derby? 
uh, I'm, I I don't know anything about derby, so perhaps, but like if, from what I've been exposed to, definitely like mm-hmm. tennis. So it, I think it would be like a fascinating story, like truly. I mean, Free- even if they focused on her and her sister facing bigotry, the point of the story should be showing how this made her a stronger person, a stronger athlete, more dedicated. I agree, yeah. But then you're facing the reality that, at least from how it seems, she actually is a very emotionally fragile person with a big, fragile ego today. Mm-hmm. And uh, although she's talented, and they're both talented, uh, how does that? How is that a story that people want to see? How do, is that a conclusion? Do because a... they're they're like the top, they're like the best female athletes. They're like the Michael Jordan of tennis. Like truly, I'm sure like, they are fantastic. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying as as people, how is that story? But it's not fantastic. It's the best. Like the like one. Then and you two focus on sisters. that aspect. Then you focus on right. that aspect. Maybe they will. You yeah. know, like I I agree with you. They'll I'm sure they'll woke fire. But it, it man, if, if done properly, it really would deserve it. Well, I maybe. think I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It has to be. I guess my, my issue is that te- tw- 15 years ago. I would have had a lot of faith that something like this could yeah. be done beautifully well. In current year, I have no faith that something like this can be done without being heavy-handed, over-the-top, and cartoonish in its depiction of the characters that tried to hold them back. Which is a shame because they're legends. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good uh, sports, uh, like a, a movie off the top of my head that is based on, like, real world events but i'm none of them are coming to mind right now i did watch the last dance but that's not really the same thing that's yeah so all right so that's just it and whatever they do don't call it a cinematic universe for everybody's sake all right they, not, they got you with the title that's that's what i'm saying like it's they like, clickbaited you brad they, how they, do you feel congratulations uh, they didn't clickbait me i you i sucker i covered it because of the clickbait they're helping me <laughs> They're helping me. They're not hurting sure. me. Whatever helps you sleep at night, okay? That, that is exactly right. All right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> thank you, Dane. Thank you for that. All right, uh, Dane, thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for having me. Happy Easter, everyone. Did, uh, it's uh, And we'll have you back tomorrow. Yes, You're going to be will. back tomorrow. Heard something's happening tomorrow. Uh, yes, something big is happening. Uh, tomorrow, guys, is going to be our 100th episode. Oh my gosh! Uh, I've got this. If you're if you're listening, I apologize. I've got this notebook. It's on its second to last page. This whole thing is filled with uh, each day as a page of notes for each issue, starting at issue uh, at episode thirty. So we've done a lot of stuff. We've made a lot of episodes, and uh, we're going to have a hundred more. I'm not even gonna say here's to a hundred more. I'm saying we're gonna have a hundred more. Absolutely, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And we're also cooking up uh, some fun stuff on the side with a brand that I hope, like, we hope you guys like as well. So yes, interesting things coming in the future. Yes, more to come. So thank you again, Dane. No problem. Mary, thank you. Yes, it's very exciting. Uh, happy Easter. And I'm really excited for the 100th episode and 100 more, 1,000 more. Yes, okay, 1,000. We'll be here until we die. Um, <laughs> One day, the, and we'll have the same chairs behind us that will, like, that will get progressively like lower and lower and like the back will just fall off one day. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at CloserKitty. Okay, and we will be back tomorrow. Thank you, guys. At Brett Dasvik on Instagram, that is where you can find me. Uh, the channel has been growing quite substantially, which is very, very exciting. On YouTube, we just passed 
22 or something like oh, that. Really? 22, point two thousand uh, subscribers. Yes. Uh, and then, so please go to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel. It means a, the world to me. Uh, Mary will read all your comments, good and bad. She and I will them. respond by mail. In, in, <laughs> she will send snail mail to, to respond to you. Um, and then also, guys, in the description box to all of those videos is a link to the Spotify playlist. It gives the entirety of the show start to finish. It's the best way to listen to us every day. All the banter that you get to hear here. Uh, we're also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and on Pandora. And then we are on social media on Twitter at Pop Culture underscore Show. We're on Instagram at Pop Culture Crisis Pod, and then on Facebook and on TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis. There will be more coming soon in the hundredth episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye.